All right, we are live for a Wednesday edition of the People's Talk Show. And I figure why not do a two-for-one special this evening uh, just because I wanted to share some thoughts on some recent developments in reference to how the Chinese renminbi, or a.k.a. Yuan, is getting a lot of attention these days. And could it be by deliberate intent by the globalists, i.e. the Federal Reserve and all those entities to deliberately be causing this dollar shortage on top of all the tightening policies and things like that, that ultimately makes the Chinese yuan a optional backfill as an alternative for nations to use just out of sheer necessity and accessibility to having options such as this. So got a couple of thoughts I want to share with that. And of course, get your thoughts. And so a couple of headlines caught my attention. want to share my thoughts on that. And of course, see what you keep an eye on and uh, hopefully get to the phone lines tonight and hear from you guys or whatnot and go from there. So it won't be long as always trying to condense things and just get straight to the nitty gritty and uh, leave you guys with something to chew on. And of course, stay up to date on what other subjects that might be out there that I'm not keeping an eye on. So welcome to the live stream. Any first time viewers, definitely hit that thumbs up button. Let me know where you're watching from in the chat, and I would love to acknowledge your presence and uh, welcome you to the community. And also make sure you guys uh, hit that bell notification. Hopefully you are notified when we go live so you can stay plugged in on what's happening on the channel. And if you have not, make sure you connect with RTD on these alternative media platforms here while we're still able to. And so all the information is in the description as well. So feel free to do that. And also, if you guys want to be a blessing to the channel, uh, any any type of help could be useful to help you know take care of things on the back end here. Consider supporting the channel uh, with these methods here, which can be found in the description as well. No help is too small. I appreciate you guys for blessing me with your presence this evening. And uh, let me check in chat real quick, acknowledge a couple of people, then we'll jump in. We got Nails Hand Dynasty says buy silver and platinum. <laughs> LBP checking in. What else we got here? Uh, we got Faith Parent checking in, Pablo Pina checking in, Jason checking in from Los Angeles. Appreciate you. We got Sean checking in as well from Hawaii, JBW. Okay, fair amount of people. We got 12 checking in. Appreciate you guys, man. What do you guys keep an eye on? Feel free to throw some thoughts and suggestions out in the chat. And I definitely want to hear from you guys. And so uh, the primary focus of this live stream happens to be the recent announcement via the mainstream media about Argentina. And so, of course, Argentina is going through a uh, severe crisis. But but then again, it's been going on for several years. They're on and off. But the inflation is well over 100 percent. And the peso is basically worthless, worthless. And, you know, they're outsourcing. (laughs) They're outsourcing paper providers as well as currency creators to bring in more pesos. And so I shared an article let me grab it real quick. Uh, just came to mind uh, about how inflation is so bad that their central bank is having issues getting <laughs> their central bank is having issues with printing enough paper. And I remember talking about this a while a while ago, basically saying that Argentina, unfortunately, is headed down the same pathway as Venezuela just because the policies are the same but nothing's changed. And so it's inevitable, but just real quick, you just jump on this headline and share my two cents on it. But it says Malta airlifting 180 million pesos to Argentina ahead of the election. And so real quick, it says Malta will be, 
will be airlifting 180 million banknotes to Argentina in the coming weeks as the South American country finds itself unable. They're unable to meet banknote demand ahead of the general election in October. And so they're going to be printing uh, each bank, each batch of a thousand banknotes is estimated to have a printing cost of one hundred and twenty dollars to one hundred and twenty five dollars. And it says, but but it said each bill costs about 12 cents. So each bill that they're going to print, uh, I think that denominations will probably be a thousand peso note. It cost them 12 cents. But for a bulk of, as it says, a thousand banknotes, it cost them one hundred and twenty dollars. And it's the highest denomination of, of currency they have. As you guys can see here, we got 100, 200, 500, 1000. And actually, uh, let me see. I got a couple. Let me see. Do I have some here? Uh, let me see. I have some bank notes here. Uh, I don't. But anyway, so it costs 12 cents to print those things. They're outsourcing. They're outsourcing the ability to print those notes and they're flying them into the country at the same time. They've already printed way too many, which is the reason why prices are through the roof there, because the monetary base has expanded so fast in such a shorter period of time that they can't keep pace with printing the paper. So on the receiving end of that, Argentinians will still be looking to collect those things. And of course, they're getting out of those into dollars. But at the same time, they're having issues because they are trying to use dollars to support their currency and they're running out of dollars. So. This leads into the lead article here uh, that made me want to log in to uh, share my two cents on this. So here we have another article that just uh, fresh off the press that I thought I would touch on just because Argentina, as I mentioned, I've been there several times, lived there. And, you know, I just I've been keeping an eye on this. And so having lived in Argentina is what got me rethinking the dollar years ago to where here we are now witnessing in real time that country go belly up again. But it says Argentina government to pay for Chinese imports in the yuan rather than dollars. And so it's a twofold thing. And this is what got me thinking. Not only is Argentina short on dollars, the world is short on dollars because of this quantitative tightening, as well as the contraction of the monetary supply, relatively speaking, in re reference to available dollars for people to pay back their current uh, obligations in dollars. And so clearly the Federal Reserve know that the issue is that the world needs dollars at the same time. They're trying to fight inflation, all that stuff like that. And so could the federal reserve and the Western puppeteers be working in cahoots with the Eastern Bloc to deliberately cause this intentional dollar shortage to where it opens up the doorway for alternatives. And so I've been talking a lot about the bricks and a lot about uh, all the developments happening with some type of alternative coming in the near future. There will be a, collaboration of the BRICS nations working together to come up with some type of formula. Okay, sure. But in the meantime, even Russia has vouched for the yuan on top of all the other currency swaps, bilateral swaps that China has taken on with other currency, other countries, they themselves are, excuse me, willing to take the Chinese yuan. So my, my, I, what I submit to you guys is I wouldn't be surprised is if this, so-called distraction that we're experiencing of the dollars coming to an end, de-dollarization could be intentional because it provides a way for the yuan to sweep in the back door of all these countries without it being really the primary focus because everybody's attention is on de-dollarization and, and that de-dollarization concept is ultimately you know, is pointing towards the BRICS nations in, in its entirety. So my point is, I wouldn't be surprised if this is a deliberate because it's being supported by all the same countries that are also trying to get into the BRICS. So it's slow and steady. 
It's very insignificant. Majority of people wouldn't want to hold you wands for too long, but it is an alternative that looks like a backfill for dollar shortages. Okay, so real quick, I'll thumb through this and then go from there. Let me get back to my main screen here. Forgive me. Just uh, thought I, want, I would put this out here because, you know, things is just not making too much sense these days. And so give you an idea what's going on here. It says Argentina will start to pay for Chinese imports in yuan rather than dollars. Uh, let me zoom in so you guys can see it a little bit better. OK, in April, it says it aims to pay one billion of Chinese imports in yuan instead of dollars. And thereafter, around 790 million of monthly imports will be paid in the yuan. The Argentinian government announced. And so it says in November last year, Argentina expanded a currency swap with China by five billion, seeking to strengthen Argentinian international reserve. So Argentina in and of, them, in of themselves were trying to diversify out of just being dependent upon a dollar by accepting the yuan. And so now since that currency swap was formulated last year, here they are now taking advantage of this opportunity due to the fact that they're short on dollars. They're having banking issues and they have a five or so billion on the backside of yuan's available to use for trade. And so the premise is that once you start giving people options and alternatives, it's very unlikely that those options will fade away in, in, you know, in the future. So this yuan as an option is something that will be around for the foreseeable future just because every country's in on it. And so even though the yuan is not fully circulated, they, they don't have a large debt market, they have still have some form of capital controls on how the currency can use. Sure. But enough nations are getting involved to where it gives the Chinese yuan a foot in the door as being an alternative. And that is what this is all about. OK, so keep it going. So just to piggyback on the same concept here, more yuan news real quick here. This is fresh off the press. As of this morning, it says the yuan overtakes the dollar to become most used currency in China's cross-border transactions. And so even though China is sitting on a little bit shy of a trillion dollars in dollar-denominated liabilities, they have been dialing back on their treasury holdings and utilizing their own currency amongst other nations, i.e. cross-border transactions, to the point where now more yuan goes in and out then they actually use dollars to deal with other countries in and out. This is you know, this is pretty big news, I think, just because, once again, it puts the yuan in a more favorable light for trading partners rather than just having to deal with the shortage on dollars, which is obviously being deliberately done to where it'll ease some of the pain that these countries are experiencing if they have alternatives. And so real quick here, it says cross-border payments and receipts in Yuan rose to a record 549.9 billion in March from 434.5 billion a month earlier. So that's a nice significant rise. It says the Yuan was used in 48.4% of all cross-border transactions where it was calculated while the dollar share declined to 46.7 from 48. So it's been a flipping the dollar yuan flipping is taking place right now when it comes to countries trading with uh, China, and it's only going to pick up beyond here. So just to give you a big idea as to more yuan situation, I mentioned this a couple of days ago, but it's very timely to bring it up again. The yuan displacing the dollar on Moscow exchange. And of course, that's to be expected because of the sanctions on Russia. But then again, this type of activity was happening before the sanctions came about because they've already 
had their currency swaps, bilateral trade agreements a while ago. And so real quick, it says you want to account for 39 percent of the total volume of trading in major currencies up from 37 percent in February. Meanwhile, the dollar share dropped to 34 percent from 36 percent. So from 34 to 36. So in this article here is 2 percent drop and an article previous to this one. It was 2 percent. So the yuan flippening of the of the U.S. dollar and trade within within Russia on their Moscow exchange, as well as in China. 2% flipping. It's 2% for now. Smalls, minors, nothing significant, but start somewhere. Two, four, six, eight, you know, and you know how that stuff goes. So 2% can make a big difference when it adds up over time. Okay. And speaking of which, here's a little video that I, I put out. Uh, let me see. I did this video here about a month ago, and this was talking about Iraq and how Iraq decided to get in on the yuan swap as well. And so it says Iraq's plan for yuan settlement adds to the growing de-dollarization trend against U.S. dollar hegemony. So uh, I encourage you guys, if you haven't, go check this out. Just put talking about recent events as they unfold. So I thought that was worth bringing up again, just because, you know, once again, just more information about the yuan. All right. Here's that article mentioned earlier about Argentina and China formalizing currency swaps. And so the fact that they were preparing for the day where dollar was going to be scarce so they could use the yuan, not too surprising. All righty. What else we got here? Uh, First Republic. How can we not talk about First Republic? That's everybody's favorite topic of the day. But then again, are you surprised? No one should be surprised. The banking contagion was not solved. You can't solve a Ponzi scheme. You can't. You can't do it. It's just more so papering over, trying to get people to divert and distracted, looking at something else while the dominoes are still falling. But First Republic may not survive even after two multi-billion dollar bailouts. And so, of course, trading was halted several times a day. Stock dropped more, I think, in the last month, like 70 percent in the last month. And so it says the bank reported on money that its total deposits fell 41 percent in the first quarter. It says shares fell by 30% on Wednesday after plunging 49% yesterday. Yeah, it's not looking good. And so let's just go back and take a look at the hierarchy of important banks. So here we have uh, what we got. So we start off. Let me go back up here. Let me see where we go. Where we go. Let me go back. I got to go down to the bottom. So we started off. Let me refresh the page real quick. This is my what I call the hierarchy of systemic bank importance so these are the top 20 banks huntington bank number 20 and so this all started off with number 16 silicon valley bank that went belly up they did what they had to do to paper that over now we had first republic bank which is the 15th and they have 213 billion in assets under management branches all throughout the country and so by next monday so what'll happen is if they don't take advantage of that special purpose vehicle the BTPF, whatever that was, to uh, backstop some of these losses and to make depositors whole, more than likely this Sunday there might be another meeting for some type of last-minute scramble to keep things calm. But then, as I always said before, with Bank 15 right now, then we got 14, 13, 12, 11, 10, 9, 8. So we still have a long way to go of the dominoes falling before more of the uh, – banking schemes are revealed so just something to keep in keep in mind okay what else i want to talk about here is something that uh is worth mentioning as well and let me just get this in focus here but here we have 
back on the Zimbabwe gold situation. So I mentioned this, I think, on Monday, talking about the gold back digital token. But this is even more information. It says Zimbabwe's digital currency plan needs a hundred million dollars worth of gold. And so in order to pull this scheme off of backing their currency to gold, they're going to need a hundred million dollars worth of it. And they definitely have it. It may not be above ground, but it's in the ground. And so the current price of gold at around $2,000 as it is today will not remain the same. There will be a day of reckoning in reference to this price right here. So right now gold is $1,992. And if the demand remains as strong as it appears to be and gets stronger because of projects such as this, then the price of gold will definitely have to adjust in a way where it reflects the true race to safe haven assets such as gold. So projects like this, you know, it's good to say if it's meant for it to succeed, they're going to find a way to get that gold out of ground. And therefore, prices will definitely reflect that. And it's going to be more nations jumping on board. So not only is Ghana, Zambia, Zimbabwe got on board with the gold, we got Bolivia getting on gold, getting on board with making gold a part of their monetary strategy. That's three countries off the top of my head. Russia last year, you know, central bank decided to peg oil to gold. One kilo, one, 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 uh, one gram of gold was for one oil barrel. That, that the whole scheme there is still in play. We don't hear much about it. So four nations, five nations, six nations, then you had 10, 20, 30. That in and of itself is an alternative. It is an alternative. So we'll find out more about that. But says the Maui needs a hundred million of gold to kickstart its proposed bullion back digital currency as the Southern African nation makes another attempt to stabilize its floundering dollar. So it might be a nice lofty goal to come up with that much gold, but definitely it's there. And if it's not there, the price will have to reflect them having to go out and get it. So, okay. But that's what it is. That's what it is. All right. Anything here, uh, everything else I can spare you guys on that one. So let me just uh, real quick, we got a couple minutes here. Let me get to the phone lines. So this is a chance where you guys can call in and let your voice be heard. I want to hear from you in reference to whatever uh, is on your radar. Uh, feel free to have at it. Let me get the phone line situation up here so I can actually hear from you guys. So as you guys can see here, the number is scrolling across the bottom of the phone. And I would like for you to call that number if you have something that you would like to share or some thoughts or any other subject matter that's of importance to you that can add value to the community. So feel free to give me a call and uh, let me know what's going on or in the chat, put out something in the chat and I'll try to read through it and share my two cents on it or, or whatever comes about with that. So let me check in real quick. <laughs> Roth says Biden 2024. Yeah. Like that, that's a, to me, it's a joke. Um, but then again, I, I'll stick with my first, thought of i'll be surprised if we have an election an election in traditional fashion there's going to be something about this next election there's going to be something in favor of the current regime because everybody right now would not willingly want to vote for biden but if they have access to ballots an unlimited supply of ballots mail-in ballots and if they still control the same software that we pretty much all agree that is not up and up then again, they can win the next election, no problem. Or there can be an event that leads us to not having that election, which I wouldn't be too surprised with that either. But I just always 
and I necessarily think the worst, but I expect some type of distraction, some type of event. It just seems so common these days, given that we got a 10 year window to try to execute this agenda 2030. But anyway, let's talk. Let me get some people on here. Forgive me. Let me get you on here. Hello, Carlos. Where are you calling from? Let me get you on here. Forgive me. Let me cut the volume up. One second. Let me get the volume up here. Oops. Uh, let me get this up here. All right. Hello, Carlos. Where are you calling from? Uh, sorry. Say that one more time. It's Pete from Colorado. Pete from Colorado. How you doing, my friend? What's on your mind tonight? I was wondering if you caught the uh, Swamp Monster, uh, Wesley Clark, on Adam Taggart's Wealthy on channel a couple days ago or yesterday. I, I did not. The Swamp Monster. Oh, General Wesley Clark, one of our establishment elites. Uh, no, I did not catch it. Give me the rundown. <laughs> Okay. Are you familiar with Wealthy on uh, Adam Taggart? Yeah, yeah, I watched that. So Wesley Clark is an advisor to the parent company of Wealthy on, and he brought himself to that audience to defend the dollar. Really? <laughs> okay. Uh, I, okay. So, so did he did, did he do a good job of convincing? Uh, Adam Taggart's audience that uh, the dollar is in good hands and it's going to be all smooth sailing from here on out? The top comment in the comment section is, wow, I didn't, re un you know, I didn't expect to get so many comments. Uh -huh. uh, he did a, he did a very poor job. It was cringeworthy. In fact, it was hard to watch. <laughs> okay, so I have it on the screen here. But just I, I just for just for laugh and giggles, give me something that really stood out to you that is clearly something that he was, uh, I guess, either paid or he has an ulterior motive in trying to sell that propaganda on the on his channel. Will anything come to mind? Clark, just a little. He was uh, in one of our twenty-year wars. He was a commanding general. You know, um, he's a complete swamp monster. He went to Ivy League school. Just part of the elite families mm -hmm. when he was defending the dollar he went on a monologue about why a fiat currency is good mm. really you know i've i've always been in the camp that the changing of a reserve currency or the shifts of power is a gradual process over many decades mm -hmm. but after listening to him talk that was horrifying <laughs> they're sitting in their pants man um, I think that it was much scarier to hear him defend the dollar than all the uh, RT articles talking about how it's going away. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the thing. Like, I, I don't. I, so in, in contrast to that narrative there, I don't really feel like I have to, like, go above and beyond trying to convince people that everything comes to an end at some point <laughs> in some fashion. Now, when, how, what, where, I don't know that, but. I wouldn't, it's not hard to, you know, to encourage people to think beyond or, or just think, use common sense to realize that, you know, we've had the, you know, the privilege of using our currency for so long that it's just a matter of time, whether it's this year, next year, 10 years, who knows, but it can't go on forever. Now, and I'd assume, did he even hint at that in the near or distant future is a possibility 
or he stayed away from that altogether? Well, he was arguing, and it was, once again, cringeworthy. Adam Taggart only pushed at him like 10% of the way twice mm-hmm. and letting that man spew for an hour. Mm-hmm. But what he was arguing was that things were going to turn around and all these fringe people were going to come back to us and there are good days ahead. And his arguments were so poor, mm-hmm. so detached from reality, um, you know, that our leadership and just are li- they believe their own bullshit. Right. I, and, I don't doubt it. But, uh, I will tell you one thing, though, is Mm -hmm. that the people who in 1971, when we went off the gold standard, said this is crazy and it's all going to collapse, they were 100% correct. Mm -hmm. If you were in Ukraine in 1930, like when the Red Soldiers came to take your seed crop and you said, hey, this whole commie thing, it's insane. It's not going to last. You'd have been 100% correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I think nobody knew the exact timing. We knew the final outcome, but not the timing. We know the outcome. Yeah. I have no idea what the time is. Right. But that, that that video and the Swamp Monsters' defense of the dollar mm-hmm. may, may think things are a little more pressing than yeah. I thought before listening to that interview. Well, hey, and, I, I won't even waste my time. I won't even waste my time listening to it because you gave me the entire gist of the conversation to where I don't think I need to. So I'll just stick to talking about the Yuan and Argentina and everything in between. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate you, man. Take care. Yeah, be good. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, so like, you know, I I do, Adam Tiger does a good job. You know, he has some great interviews. And so one one thing I've noticed, especially having been in this whole monetary literacy space, I was talking talking to the guys before we got offline for an hour ago about having done it now, nine years now, and having a chance to hear from all types of thought leaders and see stuff. And, you know, my mind is glued towards, you know, it was like, I'm, you know, I can't help not watch and stay in tune to this stuff. So at this current moment, I, you know, let me know if I'm wrong. There might be some people out there doing things a little bit different, but majority of the narratives are the same. Everybody knows that something is wrong and it's more so whatever the expert is, is speaking. They're usually focusing on their area of expertise, whether it's, whether it's real estate or whether it's precious metals or whether it's you know, the bond market or whether it's the repo market or whether, I mean, so whatever the, their, their niche is, they're focused on that and all sectors are having issues right now. And so it's like most of the narratives are kind of bumping heads now where everybody's saying the same thing ultimately to where, you know, we're saying the same thing amongst ourselves. How do we get out to those who have no clue? That's where I'm kind of at now. So starting this weekend, I'm hitting the streets, I'm hitting the block. I'm going back to my roots as far as going out to the people and shaking hands and trying to give away some silver. And so that's just a way of of me trying to shake stuff up because interviewing people who pretty much say the same thing I say over and over again, it's like, okay, I know, you know, you guys know, but what about the people on eight mile and seven mile and six mile? They don't know. I got to go get them people. So anyway, let me get this last call in, man. Uh, Hello, caller. What's your name? Where you calling from? Like it's low blood pressure, Corpus Christi. LBP from low. I'm doing good, my friend. What's up with you? How you doing? Everything is good. Look how how I, I thinking about the dollar has no value, Mike. <laughs> like look, they gave a loser like me five hundred thousand dollars to buy a house. They're giving me credit card after credit card after credit card to buy half a ton of silver, Mike. 
They're giving the money to anybody. It's worthless, man. Hey, but uh, they're giving it to you. You keep accepting it because you're spending it. So it has some value. It has a use case still. You can get more. You can get more weight with it. The jokes on them. I'm not gonna pay them back. Man. I'm gonna give them back. <laughs> no. Hey, I hear you, man. Like you know, you you are the you are what I consider the epitome of leveraging the system to get your weight up. There's nobody that I'm familiar with like you with that particular strategy. That's the LBP strategy. Huh? Money is imaginary, so mm-hmm. you pay them back with imagination, Mike. You just think about it, and there's zero, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Paying them back with funny money. <laughs> exactly. They, they, they get what they deserve, Mike. That's what they deserve. They, they, they do it for free. I'm going to give them back nothing for free. It, Look, Mike. Yeah. Talking about the yuan thing, I, I don't know, it's kind of weird to me. Mm-hmm. Like, the highest denomination you want is 100 yuan, right? Mm-hmm. The actual paper currency. Yeah. That's about $14.40, right? Mm-hmm. Like, either either the dollar has to power one to one for that to be the reserve. Mm-hmm. Like, all the reserve, like, you can't have a reserve currency that's all digital, you know? Like, you yeah. want it to be all digital. It's not going to work, Mike. Yeah. I don't, so I'm not up here rooting for or cheering on the yuan being an alternative like i don't think it's going to be a reserve just because i don't think other countries would would settle with a single current country having that amount of power ever again and that's why i think the formation of the BRICS and whatever they're going to suggest will be something that they all agree upon to use amongst themselves so it's going to be an a, a, a variety of things i think so the usd will still be something people can use if you choose the yuan is obviously being positioned as a result of the dollar shortage as an option. Then whatever new alternatives might come. And of course, Russia now is mining Bitcoin. So they're going to eventually use Bitcoin to use to pay for whatever, either the pistol ESOF or because they all in on it as well. So there might be four or five. Of course, you got metals, you got corn, wheat, everything that the world needs could be an option as an alternative to settle trading at the, at the, at the end of the day. So, um, there's going to be more than one. So I don't think there's going to be a single reserve currency moving forward until all the governments come together under this agenda 2030 and they suggest whatever their one world option might be in the future some damn where. So, yeah. The closest thing to the world, one world, the money was the dollar and it's falling apart. I don't think anything could replace it except, you know, gold and silver. Mm-hmm. But, but anyway, on another note, Mike, mm-hmm. I was always thinking, even when I was a younger, the younger lad thinking about money, mm-hmm. I don't understand how bank computers work because like, say you have an account at one bank and then you send it, the money to another account and it goes back and forth. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of like Bitcoin, the computers. Mm-hmm. Tell each other, you know, like, okay, it's from here to there, to there, to here, and back and forth. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, like the, the, the how the ledger operates, I don't know. I know from the from from the primitive banking model, I remember seeing in movies like how the banker the banker will pull out his books and open the book up and he would, you know, credit one side and then debit the other side. And that was a equal in the equal in the balance balance in the books as they call it. Now when it comes to blockchain, like the whole verifiable, you know, audible, whatever, whatever. That's all complicated stuff, but you know, it's always, you know, one got to equal one on the other side. So if you got one here, it got to balance out as one on the other side of the equation. So however that works out, but that's uh, 
<laughs> my little brief, non-sophisticated methodology for balancing the books. <laughs> We need, a, we need to figure out how to go in there and, and put some bills on our stuff. You I know mean, how do you do that? I wouldn't be, I mean, it's amazing how all these sophisticated hacks taking place all around the world and no one's figured out how to hack into consumer deposit accounts and add one or two zeros to where, like, literally, if, you, if they went, they hacked JP Morgan or Chase or whatever and made a thousand bank accounts just go from, you know, a thousand to a hundred thousand, like, they would not be able to sort that out in time. <laughs> <laughs> or they, what they'll probably do, they'll shut down everybody's account, though. Hey, they, they'll shut down everybody's bank account if that happens. <laughs> no one's getting access to funds because they can't verify it. Just because, once again, like it, it's it's just ones and zeros on, on a computer screen, so it's cold. So there's no, there's no, I doubt there's many backup systems to verify how much was in the account before it got hacked or after. But who knows? I don't know, man. But we'll see. But hey, appreciate you calling, man. All right. Bye. Be good. All right. So watch this. Let me, I want to, earlier I tried to share a video that was shared on the Telegram channel and I wasn't able to do it. So I'm going to share it now so that you guys can hear it. Let me, give me one second here. Let me try to, no, I'll do do it a different day. Anyway. All right. I'll do it a different day. Okay, people. Um, we hit that 30 minute mark, as I mentioned, trying to get as much done as I can. Be short, concise, straight to the point. As always, I appreciate you guys for blessing me with your presence. Wanted to just share my two cents on this whole Yuan situation and how I wouldn't be surprised if it's, you know this dollar shortage, you know, is not a uh, it's not a by mistake. It's a deliberate act to give the Chinese Yuan a little bit of a foothold into the door as an alternative. I don't think the West wants that, but it sure seems like that's what their actions are, are leading. Uh, are leading Yuan to actually become as an alternative for Argentina and all the other countries that's deciding to, you know, basically just not use the dollar or whatever dollars they have less as much. So, but time will tell. In the meantime, um, leverage, continue to use your fiat. This is just my opinion. Use your fiat for good use. Spend it while you can, enjoy it, make it grow as best you can. And on the back end, make sure you, you insure it by taking some of those fiat notes, redeeming them the way they were always intended to be done and getting physical gold and silver. That is true, historical, true, tried and tested money. And uh, when all the dust settles and the wind blows and everything comes crumbling down on the flip side of that, what's always been here? Precious metals. (laughs) So anyway, but be blessed, be safe. I will see you guys uh, tomorrow. Same time, same place. Shalom. you know that China is hoarding a massive amount of food? They will soon have over two-thirds of the globe's corn reserves, over half of its rice, and over half of its wheat. But when asked about it, China lies. So what does China know that we don't? China is the world's number one importer, relying on the rest of the world to keep their people fed. This makes them the canary in the coal mine when it comes to global food shortages. As Americans, we need to be prepared for potential food shortages. That's where 4Patriot Survival Food comes in. Their kits are compact, stackable, and have received a five-star review for their flavor and taste. And right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by using code RTD at checkout at 4 Don't wait. Prepare today. Once again, use code RTD at 4 and save 10% on your first purchase.